Good morning. Good morning, Vision for you. Welcome. It is uh, it is um, uh, Friday. Yeah, it's Friday, November 30th, 2018. This is Katie G. No, no, no. This is Lawrence Martin Cahan, and uh, I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Can you imagine that? Today is Friday, November 30th, 2018. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 164, uh, the second paragraph which starts, of course, our book is meant to be suggestive only. And uh, we're going to read through three sentences, three sentences only, um, ending with disclose more to you and to us, commenting on those three sentences. So today's readers, we have Lisa B. drafted into reading the 12 steps, and we got Bonnie M. on the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text are Lauren N. and Lynn S. The reference number for yesterday, Thursday, November 29th, for the 7 a.m. Uh, meeting, it is 12,242. That's 12242. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, that's 12,243. 12243. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, well, they can recover, I know they can, because it happened to me, through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'm going to ask uh, Lisa B. to, to uh, read the 12 steps. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you so much, Lisa. Okay, let me ask uh, Bonnie M. if you'd be kind enough to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I'll pass. Thanks so much, Bonnie. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read pretty much what they tell me to read, which is a few paragraphs here, usually a couple from the literature, and then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months, and there is absolutely no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Anyone can. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And of course, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Now, if you'd like to share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, just say, I'm done sharing. And then say pass and then press star one to mute your phone again. Um, this way, in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're going to pick back up in the, in the big book. We are on page 164, the second paragraph, which is, uh, starts our book is meant to be suggestive only. And Lauren's going to read only through three sentences, ending with disclose more to you and to us. And we're going to comment on, on those three sentences. Lauren, are you there? How are you, Lauren? Good Larry. How are good you? Morning. Good morning. I'm good. Thank you all. Lauren in from New York. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Amen. You know, it's like a Pavlov's dog. I hear the beginning of that, of these three paragraphs, and I, the saliva goes because I, I get ready for the end of the meeting, and I just, I just love those three paragraphs. And to, and, but when you dissect it this way, it is so clear how this is so suggestive. Um, when I walked in these rooms, what I thought was accident was so different from what I know abstinent is today, and I'm sure what abstinent will be tomorrow will be even more different. Believe it or not, it's about willingness, and the more willing I am, and the more unmanageable I am, my life is. Like, there were things, I gave up sugar immediately, but there were things that I thought, and I know that's a food plan, but it's also about the allergy. I did not realize how much I was reinfecting my body until I let myself just try to give it all out. And how incredibly enlightened I have become because I have given it all up. And how much easier it is to work a program when you're not reinfecting yourself with an allergic substance. So God discloses more to me every day. And I'm sure there's so much more that I have to learn and that I will learn. I know so little today. I thought I knew all the answers when I came into this program. I thought I had been absent times before. Not at all. I thought I, I had, I just, I thought life was, just being mean to me, and guess what? It was my decision to be in self-pity. Wow, it wasn't until I worked my step four that I realized that. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Okay, um, if you just got done brushing your teeth and you're coming on, we're on page 164, the second paragraph, our book is meant to be suggestive only, and we just read through three sentences. Who would like to share and what was read? Madam. Tina S. Tina S. Madam. Lance. Lance. in Florida. Katie G. from Boston. Siobhan. And Siobhan. Uh-oh. Awesome. Katie, I guess who I have. 
and Katie M too. Okay, Katie so I, here's yeah, Matt I got Katie. and Hi. I got you, Matt. Okay, let me tell you who I do have, um, and I might, might have left someone out here. I got Matt M who's going to lead us off. Katie G. I got Lance. I got Siobhan. I got Vasa, and then Katie um, Katie M, I believe. And who did I leave out? It's actually Katie in Florida. Tina F. Let's stop there. We got Cindy and Tina. It's actually yeah, Cindy M. Cindy M, not Katie M. Okay, thank you for that clarification, Cindy. Thank you. You bet. Okay, so here's here's our lineup, and then we'll pick up from there. We got Matt M, Katie G, Lance, Siobhan, Vasa, Cindy M, and then Tina, and we'll uh, we'll pick up from there. So good morning, Matt. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. I'm getting a little sick, so if I cough, excuse me. Um, this is Matt Ancapos over here from New Jersey. Uh, you know, this book is, really is meant to be um, a guideline for how to live my life. You know, it's a wonderful piece of literature. As, as Harlan said, it's the most uh, spiritual piece of literature ever written. And um, I'm very grateful that I, I got multiple copies of the big book that I can take with me if I travel or if I go anywhere. Uh, every time I go to my friend's house to stay overnight for the weekend, I always bring my big book with me to read it in the evening before I go to bed. And it gives me a boost when I'm feeling down. You know, things are going well in my life right now, so I have to really be careful and knuckle buckle down because when things are going well, I have to watch. When things are not going well, I have to watch. I have to be ever vigilant because my disease is out there in the parking lot doing push-ups and it wants its way back in. So um, I need to like keep going when I'm doing it. I'm working on my steps with my sponsor. I'm abstaining from compulsive overeating one day at a time with my higher power's help because I have the willingness and he's helped me through the rest of it, through the cravings and through anything else that I'm going through. And uh, I'm very grateful. This program has given me a new way of living, of acting on my brother and reacting to it, in essence, a new way of living. You know, I'm very grateful for that. You know, I wouldn't have had that if I didn't come in through my uh, my OA angel, I call her, um, back in 2007. I don't think I'd be here right now. I probably would have still been up over 800 pounds by then, and I probably would have died from a heart disease or a heart attack because um, even though I'm still young, you know, uh, I put my body through a lot. You know, I, I destroyed my body in different ways, and I fully understand what it's like to be, you know, in the hospital multiple times through different issues. And I'm grateful just for today. I don't have to go through that anymore if I choose, unless I choose to. It is a choice. I'm choosing recovery versus um, in, in relapse in the food. And the food, is, the food is not important to me anymore. I want to live a life. I don't. The food is is when I'm not living. The food is when I'm just existing, and I don't want to just exist anymore. I want to live a life of happy, joyous, and free. Um, and I'm grateful I can do that one day at a time with their all help and my sponsors help with that. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Okay, we have Katie G followed by Lance. Hey, Katie. Good morning. Hey, Larry. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for herding cats this morning. Good morning, KDG, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. What a, what a beautiful recovered statement that we realize we know only a little. Um, you know, I set, say the set-aside prayer every day um, because what I'm learning is that the problem is not what I know. Or excuse me, the problem is not what I, yeah, the problem is what I think I know, right? Like everything that I think I know is the problem because I think I know what life should be like. I think I should know that I shouldn't be an OA. I think I know that, you know, when I came into program, how, how my, how I should be working my program. Well, 
why did I come into program and ask for a sponsor and ask her to tell me what to do if I know how to do it, right? And um, that God will constantly, like, God will constantly always disclose to me. And what is disclosed to me? Expose, reveal, unmask, spill, tell. And so what that means to me is as a recovered woman who's entirely abstinent, working my steps every day, is that when I when I'm afraid, right, that's because I'm going into the future and I'm thinking I don't have information that I need. But this book is promising me right here, Katie, God is going to disclose to you and to us constantly what you need to know. So again, the problem is that I think, right, I think I need to know the future. And what's been so fascinating for me recently is I'm finding, you know, like I'd rather think about the future and clear away the wreckage of a future that never is going to happen, right? Like I'm going to check the future just to make sure. And for someone like me, when I check the future, it's doomsday. It's never good, right? But if God is constantly disclosing more to me and to us, right, then me checking the future is irrelevant, because God is in the present moment, and God is going to send me who I need, what I need, when I need, for as long as I need it. So if I each day realize, okay, God, you're right. I, don't, I know only a little. Guess what I know only a little about? Everything. This meeting, my life, sponsor, sponsees, husband, daughter, future, past, present. I only know a little. And God is going to, you know, do I have a God that can take me deeper in every area of my life? I hope so. I hope that where I'm agnostic today, God can help show me, drive me, propel me into the step work so that I'm not agnostic tomorrow. So I can take God's hands. And none of this was possible when I came into OA and I was the I know guy. And I got a sponsor and I told you how you were going to sponsor me. And let me tell you. After, you know, several, many failed attempts, what that brought me was not willingness but desperation to say, help me, tell me what to do. And I pray that that is my attitude today and always, and with that I pass. Thanks, Katie. I, got, I, I muted myself there. My apologies. Okay. Um, we have Lance followed by Siobhan. Hey, Lance, good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Lance. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from California. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm so amazed every morning, um, you know, how people just jump in and want to share. You know, uh, I go to meetings and it's like pulling teeth to share. And it, it's just so phenomenal to uh, see that kind of enthusiasm. Um, you know, suggestive only. Well, uh, you know, when this book was presented to me, it was, yeah, these are all suggestions. But after I, I started seeing myself on each page on in each paragraph and almost every sentence, I, I was like, wow, this is no longer suggested. These are requirements for me to uh, seek freedom, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I hear like, uh, you know, people getting into these steps and they're like, do I have to do this uh, for the rest of my life? You know, can I just do it once or can I just do it halfway and can I just do one or two or just 10? I'm good with 10. Step 10 is good for me. And, uh, you know, like today's a monumental day for me because I have just crossed over the four-month mark. 
of being abstinent and free from my from my uh, foods of addiction. And uh, if the next day is going to be anything like this past four months, or if the next week or if the next year, if the rest of my life is going to be like this past four months, I will absolutely do it. I will absolutely. I'm, I'm first in line. The freedom that I've felt, the freedom from people, economic, economic insecurities, I mean, all the things that used to isolate me from the world, I, I, I no longer have. They've, they've kind of just shed away. And, and, like, how do I feel today? Like, we know only a little? What? Like, this 164 pages basically spelled my life out, you know? And, and it just shows me that I have so much more to experience in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm basically, a, you know, living as an 18-year-old man and going to experience the li- my, my new life, a life again. And, and it's so amazing that this book has brought me here. And, and you people are supportive enough that, that when I'm going through some issues that, that I can't figure out myself, like there's people here that, that have and they, and they will share. And, and this is a beautiful program for me. And it's perfect for me. So I'm going to keep sharing and I'm going to keep coming back. So I, uh, I hope everyone's going to have a good day. And, and I pass. Thanks, Lance. We have Siobhan followed by Vasa. Siobhan, it's your turn. Got you there, Siobhan. Hey, Siobhan, press star one because it is your turn. The clock is ticking. Good morning. May I be heard? Siobhan, you can be heard. Thank you, whoever's doing service. Um, Good morning, family. I missed you guys yesterday. I was on the line, but I was helping some protégés, and I put them before me, um, my desire to learn and grow. Um, so our book is meant to be only suggestive. I love that because it reminds me it is a program of suggestion, and I'm also reminded on page 59 where it tells us the recipe for this beautiful um, recipe of freedom that is so precise and so easy um, in my experience compared to the struggle of like trying to be God, um, it says here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Um, and we realized we only know a little. I love what I heard this morning so far because it, it's exactly how I feel. I love to know only a little. I pray to know only a little because the more I know, the less I can learn. You know, I so I also set the say the set aside prayer and I say God every time I open the book every time in fact there's a blank page and I believe it's by design to say that set aside prayer so I can make make my mind a blank a blank canvas like that page and that's the way I take my proteges through it and we start off and we close the book and we open the book and we notice that the book is Alcoholics Anonymous and we open it to the blank page and I say God help us set aside everything we think we know because it's a we and I'm always doing it with somebody. Um, so uh, help us think, set aside everything we think we know about ourselves, about you, God, as we understand you, about our past, about the future that we write with our fears, uh, so that we can have an open heart and an open mind and a new experience. And God does disclose more to me. Um, in fact, and I always, um, you know, it's interesting. I, when I was a kid, I lived in New York, and I lived uh, like 30 blocks off the subway, and all I wanted was to live close to the subway. 
That's all I wanted. And, you know, thank God I didn't, God has given me more than what I wanted um, because I would have settled for just next to the subway with a two-mile hike to this, the E-train to get to New York. Um, and and then God revealed to me, you know, that uh, whatever, that I should go to law school and get my brother out of jail who went to jail unsober for four counts of attempted murder. And God revealed to me that I should strip to get to pay for law school because that was more efficient. And God revealed to me that I should sell my body, um, you know, because that's what I had to do to survive and be sober myself. And I And I believed that that was my secret. And I was, you know, those were the things, the unsaleable goods about me that were made me a horrible, you know, immoral person and whatever. But I did get my brother out of jail against all the odds. Everyone told me I wouldn't, and I did. And I've always defied statistics because God has actually been conspiring. And so God has revealed to me that I should run for president. And I know that sounds insane, but I am insane, but in a good, fun, fun and free way. And for fun and for free, I've been instructed that that's the best way I can help the man who's still sick. Um, because 150 Americans die every year, every day, I'm sorry, from addiction. And so we will, more will be revealed. I know only a little, but I have been given the message. And so uh, that is, so that is the plan, and I will be taking the White House pink. We'll be painting. That's been revealed also for breast cancer that survivors. Is your time, Siobhan. Oh, thank so you much. so much. Thank you. you thank bet. you. My pleasure. Okay. Uh, let's see. Who do I got? Who do I got? Um, we're on to Vasa. Hey, Vasa. Followed by Cindy. Good morning, Vasa. Hey, good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. And good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa. Grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive eater. And I'm calling for Florida. And uh, I did not know how much I didn't really know till I came to Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, I knew about other things. You know, I was a Mom, I was raising children, I was a wife, I was homemaker, and you know, um, you know, so, but I did not know anything about the food addiction, and uh, I had been suffering for so many, many, many years, and I was brought into over, I do believe the Lord, you know, my higher power brought me into Overeaters Anonymous. And uh, my sponsor at that in those years said, you know, this is a suggestion, you know. If you don't want to do the work, it, you know, you don't have to do it. It's up to you. But it's, you're going to stay in your misery and your unhappiness. So you have a choice. You do it or you don't do it. And I said, of course I want to do it. I didn't know, I didn't know that food was addiction. I didn't know the allergy. I didn't know much about the mental obsession. I was elated to find out what was wrong with me. I was just so, so excited. There was a solution to my problem after trying to find the solution for me for so long, so many years. And, yes, you know, I did became abstinent by the grace of God, my higher power. And uh, I needed, you know, I remember thinking, well, I don't need to keep going. or You know, I don't know why I have to do the 12 steps because I'm abstinent, you know. I'm losing the weight. And the weight was just melting off my body. I could feel it. Oh, it was just amazing. It was a miracle. I became a student. They say when the teacher appears, when the, student, when the teacher comes, the student appears, or when vice versa, whatever it is. I was thirsty. 
I wanted to know more about addictions. I wanted to be a counselor, and I did go for for a while, you know, but I couldn't continue because I, we had other children to educate. And God will reveal me more and more as I worked the 12 steps. I went back to school. I got a job. I mean, my life has changed. It's like upside down for the better. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Oh, thanks, Vasa. Hey, we have Cindy M. and Tina. I'm going to throw Pia in there. I missed her. So it'll be Cindy M., Pia, followed by Tina. Cindy, good morning. Good morning. This is Cindy M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Pennsylvania. Um, I don't usually talk on the line, but this really, um, this really is so true in my life. Um, I have been in OA probably a little over 10 years, maybe 12, and I've been doing vision for the last two, I would say. And um, I can't believe how inspired this book is. And I also, I just experienced so much that God does constantly disclose things to me a little at a time and only when I'm ready to hear them. Um, a lot of times I'll hear something and it'll just not r- resonate with me. I won't get it. and um, But I don't have to worry because God will keep showing me until I do get it. And he is such a good, loving God. Um, and nothing really depends on me. I, I don't have to earn anything. The only thing I have to do is put one foot in front of the other um, do what I'm told and do what I understand to do. Um, I don't mean that I have to understand what God tells me before I do it, because if I did, I would never turn on a light switch. But um, And I'm grateful that I don't have to really understand. I just have to be open and willing. And I, I just find more and more than I'm more open and more willing. And I just, uh, you know, I can stop asking God for things and just start asking him to know him better, to hear him better, to uh, serve him better. And it's just, I'm looking for a job right now and I can get really uh, anxious about it, but I keep just giving it back to God. And as I've been home these days without a job, God has put people into my life and and people who need need help with the program. And if I was working right now, I wouldn't have the time to work with them. And so it's been such an honor to be able to explore the program together with other people. So and to be used in this way, it's just so what a what a wonderful thing. So thank you for listening. And I'm so glad you're all there. And I feel like I know all of you because I hear you every morning on the line. So I hope you all have a great day and um, keep coming back. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Cindy. Okay, we have Pia followed by Tina. What's it's, how is our uh, how is our outpost station in Sweden? Pia, what's going on there? Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> I well, I'm from Norway actually, so you oh, know. Norway, I'm from, Norway. That's you know, right. You're, <laughs> Thanks, Larry. Thank you for your service. And General so vicinity. grateful. 
<laughs> Thanks, Larry. I'm so gr grateful to be on the line this morning. Um, I know that this is it's really hard to get in, and I'm so glad you heard me. Oh boy, I I I get so humble when I read this because how great is this that this book is just suggestive? Because I didn't want to listen, you know. I didn't want to hear. I didn't want anyone to tell me what to do. So uh, and uh, and I was, you know, I was the queen of giving advice. I give advice to everyone in my life. And, you know, no one likes to get advice without, you know, asking for it. And, and, uh, and now I just share my experience. I, I don't give advice anymore. I, I don't like to give advice when people, you know, ask me, you know, about things. I like to, to share what I have experienced. And, uh, and another thing that came to mind this morning is that, you know, when I first read the 12 steps, uh, I freaked out. It was so radical. It was so much. I felt like this is too much for me. Um, and uh, and uh, I, couldn't, I didn't think I could go through with it. And especially about making amends. That was hard. So, but, but I started uh, doing the work. Um, I stepped onto this bridge that has led me to freedom, actually. And um, and God does disclose more and more to me every day, and um, and He gives me the tools uh, when I stay close to Him. He gives me the tools that I need uh, to have to to deal with life. I need I didn't have any tools. I was you know I was such a baby. I'm growing up in this uh, program and. Um, and, uh, and I ask uh, God in the morning, every morning I ask him, how can I show up today for someone? How can I, how can I be, take responsibility? And, um, and, and God, please show me. Please show me what I'm supposed to do and how I can be there for others. And, and that is such a, that's a just so a radical way for me to live. And I just love it. And I encourage everyone to just start doing this that's just follow suggestions. It's not that hard. Just uh, just humble yourself. And, and like people have told, said on the, this morning, like the set aside prayer is amazing. It just clears up so much uh, space to, to do this work. So thanks so much, Larry. And thanks everyone for being there. I'll pass. Uh, thanks, Pia. I'm a bit geographically challenged always. Um, hey, Tina, good morning. Good morning, Mary. Thanks so much for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, heard some really great stuff this morning. You know, I really love this paragraph in the last two, on page 164, we read that every uh, meeting that I go to, this one particular meeting I go to, at the end of the meeting they read it, and I just love it, you know. And one of the things that I, which it reminds me of is it says, our book is meant to be suggestive only. And I had a sponsor said, tell me that that was the good news and the bad news, that there's just suggestions, but it's the only suggestions we have, you know. And so once I got on board, which, you know, is, is the next sentence for me, we realized we know only a little. Now, that took me a while to realize I knew only a little. I mean, that's just the truth because I thought I knew, and I, and I heard it earlier on the line, that's what screwed me because when I think I know, look out because what I know is I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm coming from a place of fear that you – you have to know that I know, and I don't. And so I shortchanged myself for sure. You know, my experience has been once 
you know, I, I do the set aside prayer several times a day because I know my history. You know, Tina gets in the driver's seat and look out, there's going to be a crash. You know, and uh, when I put aside everything, I think I know. You know, I have an opportunity to really learn and to grow and to be spiritually fit in the moment. You know, because, you know, I could wish all I want for this to last forever. But all I have is this day and this moment. So if I'm spiritually fit in this moment, then I, then I, I, I got a chance here, you know. And that, that I know that God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. And that's been my experience because he does. You know, I suit up and show up. You know, he, he, I, he gives me the ability to be well-equipped for the day. And that, you know, I choose what I can do with that. You know, more times than not, I choose to be of service. And I'm just so grateful. And I'm glad that I'm part of this group and, and glad to be learning with you all. So thanks. I'll pass. Into the link. Thanks, Tina. Okay, one, page 164, second paragraph, three sentences is what we read. Who else wants to share? Julie M. Ida. Nancy P. Harlan G. Nancy P. Melissa P. Ginger P. Shawnee D. Melissa and Ginger. We're going to stop it there, and I'll tell you who I have. I would try to say the names quick. So if everyone can mute their lines. Okay, here's who I heard. I heard Julie, Ida, Harlan, Nancy, Melissa, and Ginger. We'll try to get through each one. My apologies if I missed your name there. Julie, good morning. Good morning. My name is Julie M. Operator in Colorado. And what these three sentences tell me is that this book is meant to be suggestive only. So I I know that the steps and that this book was written as precise instructions. However, I appreciate the fact that it's their suggestions and that they realized when they wrote this book, we, being recovered individuals, realize we know only a little. And what that tells me is that, you know, I think about the second hour when people call in with questions, and not everybody has the same answer. And so if I have a question about recovery or what I should do in a situation, yes, I can call individuals on the line, yes, I can go back to the book, there are parts that are interpreted a little bit differently by different people. And so who is the ultimate authority on this? God. And so when I really am conflicted about something, I know that I need to get quiet and I need to pray for, for the right answer to come, which takes me back to step 11, where we are, we are instructed to get quiet. And it says, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought, or a decision. And it goes on to say that, um, you know, after we do this for a while, um, what used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. So for me, these three sentences tell me that the, the ultimate authority on anything out there is God. And I have to get quiet and I also have to listen to the intuitive thought that comes. And I also have to get my ego out of it and be honest and willing to follow the intuition, the intuition that comes and that 
God is the one that can tell me what to do more than anyone else out there. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Julie. We have Ida followed by Harlan. Good morning, Ida. Ida, press star one, if you would. Oh, good morning. Thank you, Larry. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Ida here, grateful compulsive overeater from Northern British Columbia. Thanks for saving me a spot. And three sentences jumped out at me. And I really, really appreciate hearing um, that these are suggestive. And um, my interpretation was much like um, what I'll say is in the uh, late 80s, I jumped out of an airplane and they suggested I use the static line because newbies forget to pull the chute. And I would have. I was terrified. And I thought I knew everything, and I was terrified. I had fear of heights. I don't even know why I jumped out of a plane. My sister did, so I thought I should do it. And that's largely how I, I, I've lived life. And so I think I'm done doing things Ida's way because I've played God a long time, and it hasn't worked out real well. I've been bossy boots, and I've done things how I thought were right, and I've just left chaos. And so when I read here, and I just, I just wanted to say it out loud, and I so appreciate being able to do this, reading out loud, I know only a little. But there's a promise here, and the promise is God will constantly disclose more to me and to us. And so I want to lean into those promises, and I need help. I need help every day. I am wrong all the time. But there are moments... In my day, while you can show up and you do show up and you teach me because today I know that I don't know. And bless you all for being there. I have grown so much by your presence in my life. Have a wonderful day. I pass. Thanks, Ida. Now pitching for the Cubs, number 32, <laughs> Milt Pappas. <laughs> I was at Mill Pappas's no hitter. I was I was there. Nice. Unbelievable. Yes. Thank you, Larry. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Except for the bottom of page 133 and the first few sentences of 134, it says here that the book is suggestive only. If you're in the middle of Lake Michigan drowning, I would suggest that if we throw you a life preserver that you grab it. Grab the damn thing. Don't debate whether or not it's your color. Don't debate anything. Grab the life preserver. I see often this book and this program differently as the years roll by. I see the book as notes musical notes, and how I play them changes over the time. I thought when I came in, I knew a lot, I knew nothing. I thought when I had a year or two, I knew a lot, I knew nothing. Things are different now, and I realize I know only a little, and these musical notes have a warning in my head, don't improvise. Don't improvise because the book is timeless. I believe that it was written by God. Bill Wilson is one of my heroes. He had three and a half years of sobriety. He was 46 years old at the time that the book was penned. 
I'm older than him with more years of abstinence than he had sobriety. I'm lucky I can knock out a coherent text message. But the book is timeless, and it meets me where I am, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what the situation is, the book meets me where I am. And what happens to me on an everyday basis, if I'm smart enough just to drag my butt to a meeting on Vision for You and my live meetings at the North Scottsdale Fellowship Club, is that God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. And how he does that is through each one of you angels of recovery. I learn from you who succeed, and I learn from you who don't. Every one of you are my teachers. Every one of you are my teachers. Without you, I don't know how to do this. Because the music doesn't make as much sense to me until I get ideas on how you play it. So the suggestion is grab the life preserver for me. That means put down the food. Put down the food, like Dr. Silkwood tells me three times in the doctor's opinion. Work the steps. And as a person that's doing that, I have a good chance of recovery. This is the greatest way of life in the world. And for me, I'm suggesting this to me, that I grab onto it with two hands and two feet because I've got nothing else. I've tried the Almond Joy way of life. I've tried the Kit Kat way of life. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. This works. One of the most important sentences I will ever read is on page 88 in the big book. It says, it works. It really does. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Harlan. We have Nancy followed by Melissa. Hey, Nancy, good morning. Hey, can I be heard? You can. Hi, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, I love the fact that we know only a little um, because I always thought that I knew everything. And I lived in a state of contempt prior to investigation. Uh, You know, been there, done that. That was my mindset. And you know, my my life was violent with eating. I mean, I, I ate violently and my I, I lived my life, you know, I not with guns and, you know, weapons, but I, I just was literally like a tornado and um, and an angry one at that. And, you know, I didn't surrender easily. I didn't surrender for a long time. But when I finally surrendered, I could hear the message that God had been trying to give me, which was come to me. I need you. I promise you I'll take care of you. And, you know, what I have gotten back from that is, I mean, it's all been said before, but, you know, a life beyond my wildest dreams. And trust me, my dreams are wild. And it's beyond that. And if abstinence was all that I got, ever would ever have gotten, it would have been more than enough because I never had it before for any length of time. Um, but now... You know, I, I sort of, you know, abstinence is important. Not eating compulsively is the first step, but it's the first step of a thousand steps. So, and I love the fact that, you know, I'm only in the in the few steps forward. I mean, tomorrow will be my one-year anniversary in this program of abstinence and recovery, but I never, ever in my wildest dreams could have, could have imagined it. Um, what I have gotten, where I have been brought, 
what I have, who I've met and who takes care of me and who helps me. All of you who have helped me, trust me, I have big challenges in my life. And um, my life is unrecognizable from one year ago today. And I'm looking forward to just more of the same. So thanks for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy. We have Melissa followed by Ginger. Melissa, good morning. Hi, good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And, you know, I'm um, just like to say that, um, you know, uh, this is a suggestion and I know only, you know, you know, only a little bit. Um, It brings me back to like my whole life growing up. Um, I was, I've always been a know-it-all. You know, and I really prided myself on being this really smart little girl. It got me a lot of a lot of praise, a lot of accolades. And, you know, occasionally um, my dad would say to me, and my dad is gone, but my dad would say to me, you know, you're, you're being a bit of a know-it-all. You, you, what you know you can fit in a symbol and have room left over. And he would say it jokingly, um, and I would get, like, all happy and mad and um, – but my God, he was so right, you know, and fast forward, like years later, I was um, teaching my daughter to drive and, and I made, you know, I made a suggestion to her um, and she said, I know. And out of my mouth came, well, you know, I could sit in a symbol with room left. And, and it, you know, and it really hit me how having a open mind and, and I could apply this in everything in my program of recovery, um, Having an open mind and and what I don't know, you know, is huge. It is absolutely huge. And, you know, I want to be today, you know, I want to be a perpetual student. I think that's why I love this line. It's not so that I can get on and tell everybody what I know. I, I like that, too. But it's so that I can get on and listen and hear everything I don't know. And and that's what, you know, I just, it gets me all excited. It's really, I thought I became a teacher initially because I loved telling people what to do. But it turns out that God really showed me, it's that I love learning and, and, that, and it's an environment of learning. And that's what I love here about coming here and learning alongside all of you. And, you know, and I heard someone say here years ago that, that what I know um is like, is what I can see through the keyhole of a door. And, and my problem is that I make big decisions about what is behind the door. And God is what discloses that to me. In his time, he opens the door just to crack um, what I'm able to see. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. If everyone can mute their phone, I would appreciate it. Other than Ginger, Ginger, good morning. Hey, good morning, Larry. Thanks so much for your service. Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And um, I'm just cracking up because when I started this work, my sponsor would ask me often, Ginger, do you have a crystal ball? Uh, And I just knew what was coming. I knew what was going to happen. I knew the left shoe would drop because that's all I knew in this program of OA was relapse. And thank God for what we do. We put down the food and then we let God do the impossible. And that this starts to shift. This starts to change. Because not only do we believe, but we become 
relying upon a source greater than ourselves that's going to keep us safe and protected. And that's no longer my feeling today, that left shoe dropping. I know if I stay in a fit spiritual condition and I let God steer, I'll be okay. I'll be good. I have to stay close and connected and I have to perform his work well. And yeah, this whole program is based on humility. I don't know. Enter the last four digits of the party line you want to join or to hear a directory of all systems, press star. You can return to this menu from anywhere on the system by pressing the star key four times. Hello? Hey, Ginger, your phone was a little wonky there. Um, I'm not sure if it if it was your phone or someone else's, but we could hear most of it. <laughs> Are you still there? Okay. From anywhere on the yeah. system by pressing the star key four times. Okay, we're we're having a little bit of technical difficulty, but and Ginger, yeah, sorry about that. If you can mute your phone, we got most of it there. If we we got time for one more share, who would like that share? Barbara E. Barbara, you close us out, Barbara. We got like two minutes. Okay, in two minutes, I'll try and speed talk. Thank you so much, Larry, for singing us through November and for everyone else. I love that it says our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. Yes, it's suggestive, but if I want to get well, I've got to follow those suggestions. My problem is always I thought I knew better. I thought I knew how to manage food, life, people. The truth is I knew nothing. I gained and lost and gained and lost. And I was beset by those bedevilments on page 52. I had trouble with personal relationships. I couldn't control my emotional nature. I was a prey to misery and depression. But what I know now is that if I put everything in God's hands, I see God's hands in everything. I had to open that door a crack. I had to stop being that starving donkey stranded between two bales of hay. God is or God isn't. I had to make the decision and walk towards God. And with the help of you, the 300 plus people on this meeting, and the steps, and step 12, having the joy and the honor and the privilege of working with others, I have become a better me. And I know that I'm not perfect. I will never be perfect. And I have to stop beating myself up for not doing things perfectly. Food, yes, but life comes and goes like the tides. They're high, they're low, the dimmer switch that I guess Larry always talks about. You are my fellows, my sisters and brothers from across the world, Sweden, Norway, Israel, the United States, Canada. What more could I want on this last day of November? Thank you so much, everyone. I joyfully pass. Thanks so much, Barbara. There's not a creative thought in my head. I steal everything. I'm a burglar. Um, so the, uh, 
Let's see here. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today, Friday, November 30th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. That share ID is 12246. That's 12,246. So we're now going to close uh, with a reading from Wouldn't You Know It, page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Lynn S., would you, would you be kind enough to read that to us? Hi, this is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive reader in Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.